Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash Entitled People, where you know the drill. You'll hear crazy stories of people thinking that they're above everybody else, and they can do whatever the heck they want. Guys, listen. Today's episode is going to leave you shaking your heads. Trust me, the stories are so wild, even Steve-O couldn't believe it. So I hope you enjoy them, and do remember to hit that subscribe button for future tales. We're diving in, guys. During high school, I worked as a customer assistance clerk, also known as a bagger, at the local grocery store. Now, the job wasn't a bad job. My task was simple. Ask paper or plastic, put the groceries in the bag, don't break the eggs, and then load the groceries into the car. The job didn't pay well, but it wasn't too hard either. There were only a couple of bad things about the job. The first one was the tips. If the customer offered a tip, which they often did, we had to refuse it because of the company's strict no-tipping policy. We take a tip and we get fired. Now the weird thing was, people did get offended when you refused to take their tip. The second bad part was a regular customer who we'll call Karen. She would try to use expired coupons and she wanted us to price match a competitor sale flyer from several weeks ago and then demands to see the manager. She would eat the cherries and grapes as she went through the store and then pay by weight for what was left in the package. We would then catch her and she would deny it. She would also overload her cart to the point that it damaged the products, which she would then want the item discounted or for free. She would then call the manager. She would always watch us bag her groceries like a post-menopausal hawk, and she would tell us how to do our jobs, saying things like, meat needs to be double-bagged, don't put all the cans in that one bag, don't crush my potato chips, like Karen. I completed the putting crap in a bag course when I got hired. I got this. So on this particular day, my friend Tony got stuck bagging her groceries. She decided to switch from paper to plastic after he had bagged half her groceries, and she then forced him to take out the groceries and rebag her stuff. He goes back to rebag her groceries. He then had to put everything in a different cart because the one he picked didn't look clean enough. The cashier gives her the total and she loses it, saying the prices are too damn high and the store is trying to rob her. She demands to know why she didn't get a double coupon. The cashier explains that Double Coupon Tuesday is in fact only on Tuesday, not on Thursday. Now apparently Karen couldn't make it on Tuesday, so we should give her the Double Coupon values on Thursday. The manager gets called again. The manager explains that Double Coupon Tuesday is in fact only on Tuesday, not on Thursday. Karen then says, F it. I don't want any of it then. At this point, the manager just surrenders. He gives her the Double Coupon value just to get her out of the store. The cashier's pissed. Tony's pissed. Customers in line behind Karen are pissed. As Tony's putting her groceries in the car, Karen says to Tony, Be careful loading my groceries, and don't you be expecting a tip from me. Now at this, Tony says, Company policy prohibits us from taking tips. Now, Tony should have stopped there, but he didn't. He then says, Besides, what would I do with your last dollar? At this, Karen begins to boil. She says she's gonna go inside and tell the manager that he demanded a tip to get him fired. Karen then waddles off angrily. 
Now, Tony could have gone inside and spoken to the manager, and the manager might have believed him, especially since the manager knows that Tony's a good guy and that Karen was a total wackadoodle. Instead, Tony said, F it. Karen storms in and grabs the manager. We all watch through the big windows as Tony starts slamming bag after bag into the trunk of her rusted-ass Cadillac sedan, cussing like a drunken Norwegian. The food's flying everywhere. Soda's exploding, boxes are ripping open, and the eggs. Oh dear lord, the eggs. Karen for once is speechless. The manager's speechless. Hell, everybody is speechless. Tony walks in, takes off his apron, hands it to the manager, and says, I quit. He then turns to Karen and says, Have a nice day. Come again. He then flips her the bird and walks out into retail history. Hey, not all heroes wear capes, my friends. I would have loved to have seen the look on Karen's face when she threatens him getting fired, and he responds with this. Now, I'm pretty sure this is the day that Tony became a legend, guys, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people who work in retail only daydream of doing something like this. So, my father passed away last week from cancer. By the time they found it, he only had a few months left. Now, my dad's been raising me since my mom kicked me out at the age of 15 to teach me responsibility and to be an adult. My dad heard this and he picked me up and I moved in with him. Now, my mom told me all these lies growing up. That my dad didn't love me, he didn't want me, he never wanted to see me. Now, my dad tried so hard to see me, but my mom had convinced him that I didn't want to. She had made me think that my dad had no interest in me once they divorced. I'm now 24 years old. I'm living on my own and I'm doing well. My dad and I got super close in the last 10 years and he was such a help with all my issues I had growing up. When he passed, he left me with all the money and most of his stuff, but I've split that between his siblings. So yesterday, my mom comes knocking at my door. I have moved states away about three years ago and had no contact with her since she abandoned me. I'm not sure how she found my address, but she was acting like she was so happy to see me. She commented about how good I looked, how nice my apartment is, and how much she missed me. She then got upset that I haven't tried contacting her in the last 10 years, and that it hurts, that I would just abandon her like that. I just ignored her comment and asked her how she found me and why she was here. She said she found out from my aunt, after she visited her after my dad's passing. She said she went to visit my aunt to see if she could get something my mom had given them when they first got married. She also asked for my current address to check in on me. Now, I live at least a 12 to 14 hour drive from where I grew up. And it's a surprise that my mom actually drove all the way here to check up on me, but I had this gut feeling that this wasn't a normal checkup. I made lunch for us and things were going pretty normal until mom brought up my dad. She was saying she was upset that she wasn't in the will, or if she was, she wasn't contacted for the reading of it. I had explained that she wasn't mentioned, but whatever was left in my dad's house that she wanted, she could have. We were still in the process of cleaning it out and there was a handful of stuff in there that no one wants. Mostly furniture, but a handful of other items. At this, my mom was upset. She was mad that she didn't get anything, and she was even more upset that I said that she could have the stuff that no one else wanted. She also said that she should have been one of the first people contacted to clean out his house because, quote, I'm his ex-wife. Then my mom asked me the question of what I got in the will. Now at this, I didn't lie. I told her I got whatever money he had left and had saved up, and she was pissed. She said it wasn't fair and that he supposedly never paid child support and that he should have given her some of that money. She then began telling me that she needed a few thousand dollars from the money I was given for taking care of me. Now, it kind of shocked me that she was saying that she wanted me to give her the money my dad owed her for about 15 years. 
Now at this, I just stare at her. And finally, after it registered, I told her no. She then flipped, saying that she's entitled to her money. I'm pretty sure my dad did pay her child support because we would get a check once a month in the mail from him that my mom would instantly spend on herself. Yep, my mom used the child support money for herself, not me. I was lucky if she was nice enough to buy me a toy with that money. My mom was going off, and I told her she needed to leave my apartment. She told me I can't just kick out my guests, especially since she's mom. I told her it's my house, my rules, get out. Now at this point, she's crying. She's screaming, saying, how dare I disrespect and kick out my dear mother who drove all this way just to see me. If she really wanted to see me, she wouldn't have brought up the money. She's been blowing up my phone with texts and calls, and I'm at my breaking point. If giving her the money is going to shut her up and leave me alone for another 10 years, then I just might do it. Guys, seriously, help me out. So my opinion is no money to the mom and go no contact. That woman didn't bother to check up on you for 10 years, and then she suddenly comes out of the woodwork when she finds out you got inheritance money. Like yeah, change your phone number, move away, and get this leech out of your life. Yesterday, I came in for my shift in the morning, without thinking about my mother-in-law at all. I got changed, had a cup of coffee, and looked who I was going to be paired with, And when my partner and I walked out of the police station to the patrol car, I saw my boyfriend's mom. Now, a little bit of backstory. I'm a male, and I'm dating her son, and she hates that fact. Now, the woman did kind of come up to me, not close enough for a conversation, but close enough so I could hear her. She starts to say something about my boyfriend and the money she needs, and I saw her but totally ignored her. I just walked past her without saying a word, and went straight to the patrol car to start my shift. Now, the fact that I ignored her annoyed her pretty badly, I guess, because she stepped back a bit, waited until we got into the car, and just before we turned on the engine and started to drive, she grabs a landscaping rock from a nearby flower bed, and she throws it at the windshield of the patrol car. Now, the windows of the patrol cars are quite durable, fortunately. The rock was big enough to crack the glass, but it didn't shatter, and I didn't end up with a face full of glass. I wasn't driving, my partner was driving, and it was obvious that she aimed her throw right at the passenger seat where I was sitting. She then probably realized that doing that to a police car in front of two officers in front of a police station wasn't the smartest thing to do, and she turned around and took off running. I get out and run after her. The pursuit wasn't very long. She only made it to a park that's not far from the police station when I caught her, and that's when she starts making the biggest scene that I've ever seen. Now, this woman had no intention of calmly letting me put handcuffs on. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Instead, she drops to the ground and starts to yell for help. Now, mind you, it was an early morning, but there was already quite a lot of people in the park. Some were walking their dogs, some were jogging, and some were just walking through to get wherever they needed. The woman was yelling at the top of her lungs saying, People, good people help me, I'm being abused, call the police, this one is not a real police officer, he's trying to kidnap me. She was yelling for help so loudly that everybody in the park stopped what they were doing and just looked at us. And I mean everybody. Men, women, children, dogs, and cats. There was not a single person that wasn't looking at us. Now you might think that I'm a man and she's a woman, so I should be able to hold her down, but really, it's not that simple. The woman was hitting, scratching, biting, and she was spitting at me. Also during the struggle, she kicked me several times, quite hard and painful. Honestly, at this point, I had all the rights to tase her, and I didn't. My partner comes up with the car. He helped me, and together we managed to handcuff her. The next problem was getting her into the patrol car. Our patrol cars are like vans. The back door opens, and there's like a cage with a bench where you can put the person in. And mother-in-law wasn't gonna get in there without a fight. Even with her hands cuffed, she was kicking the door, she had her legs very wide so that we couldn't get her in, and when we got her in, she was putting her feet in the doorway so we couldn't close the door. The crazy part was, while she was doing all this, she never stopped to yell that we were breaking her bones, that we have no right to treat her like this, and that it's against the law and she's asking people to call the real police. During my whole career as a cop, I've never had an arrest like this. I've arrested many drunk people, many aggressive people, many weird people, but this right here was the stupidest thing ever. We then took her to the police station, and if we had troubles getting her in the car, now she didn't want to get out of the car. The woman holds onto the bars as we literally tried to grab her and pull her out. Once inside, mother-in-law immediately demanded to see the captain. She wasn't listening when we tried to explain that the captain isn't going to do anything for her, and he shouldn't be bothered with this. She then insisted that she has the rights to see someone superior, and technically, she's right. So we went to get a captain for her, who recognized her from the last time, and he wasn't too happy to see her. Mother-in-law says that she wants to complain about this officer, while pointing at me. She then says that I abused my power. I used way too much strength on her, and I didn't even care that she's a fragile woman. She told him how I twisted her hands and brutally pushed her into the car. The captain then asked to see my body camera, and this is one of the reasons why we use body cameras all the time. If the suspect says one thing, and the officer says something different, then you can watch the recording to see what actually happened. So the captain played the recording for all of the present to see, and he asked mother-in-law, What's this, ma'am? as she was clearly ignoring my orders on camera. Mother-in-law was like, This is me fighting for my life. It's a survival instinct. I thought that he would take the gun and shoot me right in the head. The captain was then like, No ma'am, this is you resisting arrest. If an officer's giving you a lawful order, you're supposed to listen. And if you don't listen, the officer has the rights to use a certain amount of force to detain you. At this point, mother-in-law glares at me and she says, I don't take orders from gays. So yeah, she was charged with vandalism, fleeing from the police, resisting arrest, and assaulting an officer. And just as she was going to be taken to jail, mother-in-law starts to complain that she's not feeling well. She told everyone that she was having heart pains, and she's dizzy, and her blood pressure's too high, and she wanted an ambulance. 
Everybody realized that she's just faking, but just to be sure that we're not mistaking and she doesn't die when arriving at the jail, we called an ambulance. The medics came and examined her, and just like we thought, she was fine. The heart rate was normal, the blood pressure was normal, and no need to be hospitalized. And I'm just thinking, what did you think was gonna happen? The charges don't just disappear just because a person's taken to hospital. She probably didn't know that even if she was hospitalized, an officer would have had to go there with her and have stayed with her the whole time. As soon as she was okay again, she would have been transported to jail anyway. She wouldn't sneak away like in the movies if that's what she was thinking of doing. The ambulance then left, and even though our captain's a very calm and composed man, at this point, he seemed very irritated. He was like, Ma'am, is the circus over, or are you gonna give us some more nonsense? Mother-in-law then asked him if he was gonna punish me, and she demanded that I be punished, and he answered that no, he's not gonna punish an officer simply because I was doing my job. At this, mother-in-law looks straight at him and goes, Are you gay too? Now at this I froze. I couldn't believe that she really just asked that to a captain. I know he's not gay, but this is probably the most inappropriate thing she could have done. So he then orders her to be taken to jail immediately, and even then she still has the audacity to speak. She insisted on having a phone call so that she could call her son and that he could pay her bail. Now I'm not sure why she thinks my boyfriend's gonna bail her out this time when he didn't bail her out the last time. I called him first, and told him that his mother's arrested, and he seemed quite delighted as he's really tired of her. So my mother-in-law did call my boyfriend, and he refused to bail her out, so she'll have to stay in the cell until her trial. Since she's already had a record, I'll be surprised if she's not given jail time this time. This woman sounds crazy. And this is one of the most entitled people ever, I think. Not obeying an officer and resisting arrest because he happens to be dating your son? <laughs> like, wow, lady. I've read some crazy stories, but this one has got to be one of the most absurd. Like, a lot of the times, Karen see police, and they go white as a ghost and try to play victim, but this woman, oh, oh she's on another level, guys. So a little bit of backstory. My husband has an ugly history with his stepmom, who's a terrible person. His father's a really great man who has since passed. There are a few other dog-related stories in their history, but this is the one that I was involved in. So the story is, we adopted a beagle named Winston from the shelter, when he was already over 12 years old. His owner had passed, and he was so sweet and sad, and we decided to take him home. He was with us for about a year, and he had a few health problems, but nothing major. One weekend, we went out of town, and we asked our in-laws to watch Winston while we were gone. When we got home, my father-in-law was reluctant to give him back, as they had bonded over the three-day weekend. My in-laws had a small shepherd dog at the time named Minnie, Now, I had never heard them complain about her in the past, but when we picked up Winston, my mother-in-law starts making a huge deal about how Minnie was digging holes in their yard, which wasn't some fancy yard, but whatever. So after a week or so of my father-in-law bugging my husband, we decided to trade Winston for Minnie. I figured it was a quiet environment for him being a senior, and I hated to see Minnie wind up in a shelter, which was what I suspected would happen. They had Winston for about a year, when my husband and father-in-law went on a trip together. A few days after they left, mother-in-law calls me all upset. She said that Winston had a seizure, and she took him to the vet, and the vet wound up putting him down. So after we got off the phone, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong with her story. She added this detail, that the vet didn't charge for putting him down because he felt sorry for her. Now, that struck me as an odd, unnecessary detail. I decided to call their regular vet and ask about what happened. They told me they hadn't seen Winston, and they didn't know what I was talking about. 
I decided to call another vet in the same area, but I had to leave a message, and this was on Friday afternoon. The vet was closed over the weekend, and the boys returned home on Sunday. My husband and I went over the story, and both of us picked out things that we thought didn't add up. My husband asked his dad which vet she took him to, and he said it was the first one I called. So Monday morning, the second vet office calls me back. I asked if someone had brought in a beagle having a seizure. And after a pause, the woman told me that a woman in a bathrobe and slippers, no doubt my mother-in-law, had brought in a beagle and she said it was hit with her car. And she didn't know who it belonged to. So they turned it into the pound. Now, the pound is not open on Monday, so I had to wait till they opened on Tuesday to see if it was really him. When I walked into the dog kennels, I heard him baying and I burst into tears. I couldn't believe that after everything he's been through, he had to spend four days in the pound abandoned again. It cost me over $200 to get him out, which we didn't have, but there was no way I was leaving him there. When I get home, my husband couldn't believe his eyes. We took him straight to my in-laws to confront her. She dug in and said that he was having a seizure, and the vet told her that he was putting him down, but he must have lied. Now, we knew we weren't getting anywhere, so we just left with Winston, and we went no contact for about a year. My husband still has a relationship with his dad, but we never trusted her again. So we wound up with both dogs, and Winston was totally fine. He lived for two more years before he developed cancer and had to be put down, and Minnie never dug a single hole in my yard. So guys, when I first read this story, I was speechless. It makes me so angry that mother-in-law pretended, pretended that OP's dog had died just to get rid of it. And when she was confronted with the dog, she had the audacity to double down and held her ground, saying the doctor must have lied. Like, what kind of sick person does this? And I can kind of see why Minnie was digging holes. If I had to deal with her on a daily basis, I'd be looking to dig my way out too, guys. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today because they were ridiculous. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, a crazy Karen steals OP's inhaler because she says that OP's too old to have asthma. If you missed that one, go check it out, and myself and Steva will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.